0: I want to introduce someone who is one of our, one of three men who provide oversight for this ministry. We call them our, our overseers, presbyters. I'm not sure what church background you come from or what language that might be used, but these are folks that have had um, many, many years of faithful ministry, serving in the local church, serving the larger body of Christ. Um, the man I'm going to introduce to you with his wonderful wife this morning is the senior over, overseer for the network of related pastors, which is, how many of you guys came to the Band of Brothers event? All right. So, so a lot of you. Uh, we do a lot of events in the network with, with the group of churches that are a part of that. And Pastor Keith Tusey is the senior overseer of that group. So when he's not here, he'll be traveling around to other parts of the body of Christ. And, and usually on the weekend, he's given his life away and ministering and blessing, serving the larger body of Christ. Uh, but he and his wonderful wife, Penny, have eight children. I can't keep up on the number of grandkids because it's exponential. Um, but they are faithful, faithful people. They are dear friends, and they are folks that we bring in every year. At Living Stones at least one time, because we believe in covenant relationship, and we believe you need to know the people that uh, we're working together with and that are over us as far as terms of uh, providing oversight. So will you do me a favor this morning? I want to introduce to you Pastor Keith and his lovely wife, Penny Tusi. Can we stand to our feet and give them a warm Living Stones welcome this morning as they come?
1: Woo-hoo! <laughs>
2: everybody is it still morning oh it's like afternoon so wonderful to be with you I just told the service earlier I love coming here and this is like family and if I could get all of my eight kids and all of my grandkids to move here there's nowhere I'd rather move or other than where I'm at than to be right here with all of you (laughs) you got to get all eight of them, Pastor Ron. <laughs> and, and Pastor Ron and Miss Marion are very, very long-term, dear, dear friends of ours. We just love to be together, and I love to be with all of you, too. And I was just thinking today, um, as I said earlier, there's such a, a great spirit in this place, and the presence of the Lord is so profound and real. And I just sensed just God wanted to remind all of you how much he wants to pour his favor out on you. And I know as we were doing worship, a couple things were mentioned about just being desperate for God and being little, as Pastor Ron said, before the Lord. And it's okay just to come to God as, a, as just a little kid, desperate, desperate for his favor and his smile over your life and his love and care. And that's how I live my life. That's how I've lived my life for as long as I can remember. But he's so faithful. And so just pursue that in your heart and in your life. Every day when you wake up, just don't allow yourself to come under any load of condemnation or heavy guilt. Just go before the Lord with a fresh start every day and say, Lord, I just live under your smile. I live under your favor. I look up because you are such a kind, loving God. Yes, you can deal with me. If I have issues in my life, you very well may need to deal with me, but under that love and under that care. That's how you deal with me, with your kindness. The Bible says in in Psalm 5, he surrounds us with his favor as with a shield. I would be hurting without that shield of favor in my life. But I wanted to also let all you ladies know that from April 29th through May 1st, that's a Thursday night through a Saturday at noon, we're going to be doing our yearly flourish women's conference. And it's in Menominee Falls, which I understand is about a two and a half hour drive from here. And our theme this year is the privilege of influence. And I love to be able to influence people's lives for good. I love to be able to touch them with the heart and the love of God and and his presence. And you all have that in your lives too. And so that's kind of what we're going to do. We're just going to just encourage people along that line. It's a great opportunity to meet a new friend, make a new friend. Um, So, Please sign up, and Pastor Susie will be out at a kiosk out in the lobby. And she said to let you know that even if you've already signed up online, she'd like you to please see her anyway today, just so they can get a feel for who all's coming. And I hope I get to see you there. Awesome.
1: So you can get together with those rowdy women. Hallelujah. It is a great, you know. Ladies, some of you need a break, and this would be a good break, you know, a break where you don't disengage, a break where you engage to another level is even better, amen, amen. It is good to be with you, we've had so much, uh, man, I feel pretty energized, man, I've preached twice, I don't know how many people we prayed for, but... You know, I got, I got ambushed by the Holy Ghost back there. I thought I was just going to start praying people. And the Word of Knowledge and the Word of Wisdom started flowing. And we started prophesying to people. And it turned into a little camp meeting going on back. It was just like out of control. Matter of fact, it, it, was, it, was, it was flowing out here. Hallelujah. So it was great. How about that worship team? Three services. Amen. 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 Yeah serving and just as fresh the third time around just amazing you know i mean i mean how do they do that that's that's pretty incredible so you know pray for them bless them encourage them love on them amen that's great people like uh that want to serve like that wonderful wonderful so i want to share with you uh something that's on my heart today from the book of acts in the second chapter so if you have your bible want to go there and uh we're just gonna share the scripture and we're we're gonna dig in. Some of you I uh, haven't got to meet and haven't become friends with, but we have a lot of friends here because we've been connected to for a long time doing life and doing ministry together. Uh, pastor Ron and uh, Marion are, are part of our national apostolic team that serve a whole group of churches all over the country. And uh, from time to time, he may not be here on a Sunday. And usually, what that means, he's out serving and blessing somebody else that we've asked him uh, to help with. It's so great to have a, a pastor who's not just concerned about their church, but the church. Amen. And to be in, co- Amen. And to be in covenant relationship with 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 people like that, and uh, it's important you understand that you know because you're a non-denominational church, does not in any way equate to being an independent church. There's not a bone of independence in this church. You're a radically connected group to a bigger tribe and to the world. And quite frankly, in our flow and in our connections, there's more accountability in the way we do life than in any denominational structure I know because we're we're connected. We actually know what's going on. There's accountability. I mean, I could ask anything. I, I have access to the finances here. I could examine, ask questions. So on every level, there's accountability. You're in a very, very safe place and they take that stewardship of your life very, very seriously and very careful. Pray for you lovely and love you. What you see and feel on Sunday happens 24-7 behind the scenes. You need to know that the people that are serving here, we wore them all out. Apparently, all your leaders wore them out in the fourth. They all they were all gone, you know? And Sherry's sitting on the front. I'm thinking, why is she sitting down there? Like, what's the matter? You know? Come on, girl. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, it's, just, it's just great to be here. So let's dig into the Word this morning. You ready for the Word this morning? Amen. So let's read, uh, starting in uh, Acts, the second chapter, and we're going to start in uh, verse uh, 41. So then those who had received His Word were baptized, and that day there were added about 3,000 souls. And they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles, and all the believers were together and had all things in common. And they would sell their property and possessions and share them with all to the extent that anyone had need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. One more verse, verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord was adding to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. I'm sure you've heard the expression, a picture's worth a thousand words, amen? And there's some snapshots I want to share with you what I see here that I think the Lord would like to illuminate to us this morning. I remember as a very little boy the first time I ever heard that expression. I have an older brother, actually we have different fathers, we weren't raised together. And uh, he was going off to the army, and we there's a good bit of difference. I was just a little guy, probably about eight years old at the time. And actually what happened was he had been involved, he was the getaway driver in a robbery and they got caught. And so in those days, the judges would say, you can go to jail or you can go to the Army. He made the right choice. He went to the Army, ended up serving 12 years with distinction, became an officer. It was a, great, it was a good choice. God redeemed it even before we knew him. And uh, so I remember him coming home and his little guy, him telling us the story that he had an assignment he had to do for his commanding officer. And I don't know if he forgot about it or just what happened, but he didn't do the assignment. And so at the last moment, he drew a picture. And he gave it to his commanding officer, and the commanding officer said, what's this? And he said, a picture's worth a thousand words. And his commanding officer said, "You'll get away with that exactly one time." And he and he let it pass. But I always remember that. That's just one of those little things from being a kid that just stuck with me. And you know, when I read the Bible, I see things, okay? And often, like we were flowing in the Holy Spirit back there, laying hands on people. Sometimes I see things. I see pictures before I see words, and I, and I think that comes from from the Scripture. And so, there's some things here that uh, I see that I get real excited about that I want to share with you this morning. You know, it's interesting to me, That we look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we read the Gospels, and we rightfully see that that's the biography of Jesus. That's how we know who Jesus is. So when people out there want to suggest that there's a Jesus that's different from the Bible, we say no. This is Jesus. You know, we're not created. We don't create him in our image. We're created in his image. Amen. Like so, it's the Jesus of the Bible, or it's or it's not Jesus. It's some other fictitious image, uh, or, or or false god. If you could go that far. But you know, when we get to the rest of the Bible, all of a sudden it seems like, oh, it's just a history book. But listen, it's not a history book, it's a his story book. Okay? And the book of Acts is the biography of of the Holy Spirit, it's not the acts of the apostles; it's the biography of the Holy Spirit working through the apostles. And if we want to know who the Holy and, he, and the Holy Spirit is a Him, it, it, He's the He's the the third member of the Godhead of what we call the Trinity. He's He is as divine as Jesus is. He's just not a force. He is the person of the Godhead, part of creation, part of our salvation, part of our redemption redemption amen and and we have to embrace him and it's his story because you know in john 14 you know jesus said to his disciples now listen to what he said in john 14 he said look i'm leaving but this story is going to continue he said and i'm going to send the helper the holy spirit he's going to be your advocate the greek paraclete like a paralegal one called alongside to help you And then he goes on a couple verses later and says, so that you will not be orphans. And when I see a picture of the Western church today, of culture, of America and other Western civilizations, I see a picture of a church that has a lot of information about God and not a lot of personal knowledge. I see orphans, spiritual orphans, waiting for their inheritance waiting to die because much of the church has been convinced that somehow God is out of business and he's just waiting for us to make it through the Holy Spirit is not real and vibrant and moving in people but he is Amen. God does not change. He is immutable. There is no shifting shadow in Him. He cannot change. He is God. He can be nothing less or nobody less than He is. We have to understand that. That's who He is. He is eternal. He is not subject to change whatsoever. And His story is still continuing. Only today it's continuing through us. We are Acts chapter 29 okay there is no conclusion in the book have you ever noticed that you get to the end it just it just stops why because it didn't stop he's still writing his story through life, and the holy spirit is just as real and vibrant as he was when the pages of this book were written trust me when I read the book of Acts, I literally I made notes, I have 60 times in these 28 chapters over a 30-year period of this narrative where the Holy Spirit shows up and the Bible credits the Holy Spirit. Now, can you imagine if there's 60 manifestations of the Holy Spirit in these 28 chapters that we're trying to do church, we're trying to do kingdom without the Holy Spirit? That's a, that's a recipe for disaster. That's a recipe for an orphan spirit. That's a recipe to be defeated. That's a recipe for not having the Great Commission, as Pastor Dick likes to say, become the Great Completion. Amen? The Great Commission becoming the Great Completion. We need the Holy Spirit. He's not optional. It's not optional equipment. You know, Uh, He is part of our salvation experience. We're baptized into Christ through the Holy Spirit. And God doesn't want us to run from the supernatural. Are you with me? Now notice, it's supernatural. It's not just super, super. What does that mean? That means that God, the gold, the deity, is overlaid in humanity. That despite our humanity, God comes and lays himself upon us and the super and the natural come together. Not because we're perfect, because he is perfect. And as we walk in that, then things happen. You know, people say to me sometimes, you know, Pastor Keith, you know, when when those things start to happen and I get a little nervous. Me too. No, you know, that's not a bad thing. You know, when you encounter the living God, it's not a bad thing to be a little nervous. I mean, I tell you, I, I, I've been in some supernatural exchanges where I'll tell you, I, I was nervous because I knew he who created the world was among us. I knew he spoke the worlds into existence was among us. That will make any man a little circumspect. And you know, that's part of what the, listen, Holy Spirit does. He makes us aware of our lack of holiness so that he can become our holiness. He doesn't come and visit us because we've arrived at holiness. He comes and imparts his holiness to us. He is the spirit of holiness. Amen. He is the Holy Spirit. So having said that, I want to talk to you today about four things that I see in this picture here okay so the first one it says in verse 41 that they received the word of god right look at that now how do we know they received the word of god because then they obeyed the word of god and they were baptized. Amen. They obeyed the word. When we receive the word, it impacts us and it moves us. Now this word received here is not an intellectual word. It's not talking about intellectually processing it. The word means to make room. It actually kind of has a root in hospitality. Like if somebody knocked at your door when you were busy and you just would drop what you were doing and say, come on in, be welcome. Amen. I mean, that's what it's talking about. Where the word impacts us. You know, God doesn't have to force us way in but we throw open the doors and one of our postures as we're coming together as a body is listen we're going to encounter God today we're going to encounter God today and I'm fixing my wagon to get encountered and moved by the spirit of God I'm going to be moved by the word of God today in Jesus name I'm not just going to look at it. I'm not going to watch other people. I'm going to receive the Word of God and get moved. Now, last evening, Pastor Ron and and they, they they took us out to this nice little Thai restaurant, which I like because I like spicy food. Uh, matter of fact, I'm pretty partial to food in general. But uh, So if you want to invite me over, I'll probably come. But anyway, that's a whole other subject. But, you know, wouldn't it be sad sitting in there Looking at the menu with pictures on it and smelling all these wonderful things and looking at the other table and thinking, I'll take one of those, I'll take one of those, you know, like just give me, if, 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 if people just walked in there, sniffed around, looked at the food and left and thought they had an experience, you say, there's something really wrong with those people, really something, but yet I think the church is full of people like that today. They literally don't know. They think Christianity is merely an academic exercise. Okay, rather than being impacted. So the first thing I see in this picture is they received the Word of God. There was impartation. Not just information, but impartation. They were moved, they were empowered by the Spirit of God, and God did a work with them. God wants to impart to us, and we should never shy back from that. I had a situation a few years ago where Planned Parenthood was suing me, okay? And they were suing me for hurting their business, which I pled guilty to in some way, you know? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It, it, it was an act of intimidation. They thought they could silence us, you know, because we were mobilizing churches all over the country to, to get outside the walls of their church with, with the message of life. And, uh, of course, they didn't, they didn't know what they had walked into. They didn't know that all these Holy Ghost lawyers were going to show up, and they were better at their game than they were at their game. Hallelujah. They, they didn't understand the moving of the Spirit and how God would do things. As a matter of fact, in the first deposition, they brought in all their lawyers. I mean, they, they, you know, the, I mean I'm telling you, they brought the bigwigs in, but we outwigged them. Hallelujah, but anyway, so so in this thing, one of the, the way they say to me is a reverend, and they said it with such disdain, Reverend Tusi, you know. Like I was like, like who's the talking to me, you know? Like I've never signed Rev to my name in my life. I don't think, you know. But anyway, uh, they said, is it true that you think you have a direct connection to God? I said, oh, absolutely. I said, as a matter of fact, ma'am, if you want me to, I'll tell everybody here what he told me about you this morning. (laughs) That's exactly what I said. She said, that won't be necessary. That was not affirmative. I said, well, you ask. I'm just telling you. I wouldn't deny the Holy Spirit any more than I would deny Jesus. Jesus. And I think it breaks the heart of God to see Christians running around as orphans with a lack of understanding, denying the present-day ministry of the Holy Spirit and somehow thinking that's normal and that's okay. Okay, it's not normal. It's not okay. We need the ministry of the Holy Spirit just like we need the ministry of Jesus. So the first thing we see here is this is a church that understood impartation a number of years ago the first time i was ever in this building actually i was in that room meeting with a group of pastors and i'd gone through a tremendous personal trauma and uh it, I mean, i've been in ministry 40 years penny and i uh now you know this was a few years back and uh It was probably the only time in my life I really ever questioned: Should I take a step back from ministry? I was never one of those guys that, you know, here's guys talk about. I never wanted to quit. I always wanted to go forward. You know, I felt like, you know, if if the devil was pressing, I was going to press back. You know, if circumstances were against me, I I was going to I was going to flip them around. That's just I mean, that's just how I was wired. That's that was my theology. Okay, but yet I was I was I was something was really hurting in me from something that had happened, and uh, I, I was I was not you know I mean I wasn't I was serving God I was loving God I was doing the right things that was not about my commitment to God I really was really wondering about my ability at that point I just felt so broken and I was in that room and there was a prayer meeting going on out here you know Pastor Dick Bastio was right out here leading and there were some other folks praying by the way Pastor Dick and I met in 1988 you know where you met in an Atlanta jail cell true It's true. We went down to the Democratic National Convention to prophesy to them. Apparently, they didn't receive our word. Hallelujah. (laughs) But we didn't know each other. Isn't that ironic? We followed the Holy Spirit. We showed up there together. We had never met each other, but God had a divine conspiracy. We go to jail together, and now we change nations together. How about that? (laughs) So when someone says you, "Well, that holy spirit stuff doesn't make sense, you say, yeah, aren't you glad, Hallelujah?" because who could put that plan together amen but they were out here praying and, and bishop uh, johnson was here pastor ron's dad you know we affectionately embraced him called him bishop you know we just loved him and uh, he was he was here and uh, i just went up and kneeled right down there right where he would sit there hey he would if you're an old timer he'd sit and stare at people make them nervous amen you <laughs> could see right through you because he could you know <laughs> and he just kneeled down there and he just laid his hands on me and i got an impartation from the holy ghost i'm I got up there and I was I was ready to go. Are you with me? That didn't mean I had to walk through some things, but I, I was ready to go. I, I I had an attaboy from the Father. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes you just need an attaboy, right? Sometimes you just need the Lord to say, go get him, boy. Go get him, son. You got it. It's okay. I'm still on this thing. Don't go back. Go forward. You know, I'm telling you, I hope you hear an attaboy from the Holy Ghost this morning because I, I, I think that promises are yes and amen. So the first thing I see is I see impartation. This was a church that believed, in impartation. They received the Word. They moved beyond information into impartation. Let me move quickly. Let me go to the second point here. In verse 42, let's pick it up there. And they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. They were continuous. So the second thing I see is continuation. First impartation, then continuation. In other words, they didn't just have an experience with the Holy Spirit. Now they turn that experience into a lifestyle. There is such a thing as Christian discipline, okay? And if we're going to bear fruit in our life, we've got to be plugged into that Christian discipline. I love great experiences, but they are seed, and that seed needs to be formed it needs to be planted it needs to be watered it needs to be prayed over you got to keep the buzzers from coming after that seed amen because you know what jesus said when the seed is sown the devil comes when immediately because he'd rather pluck out a seed than try to chop down a forest and today he's got a forest to deal with here okay that's because there are people that are continuing in the word jesus in john 8 said something very interesting he gave us a kingdom sequence he said this if you continue if if you continue my word, then, conditional, you'll know the truth. And the word know is guenesto. It means to intimately experience. Not to know about something, but to know it, to experience it. Then you'll know the truth. And see, there's people that know about truth. There are people that can quote Scripture. They, they can tell you history. They can give you theological outlines. But they've never had a life-changing encounter with the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, some of them have been taught that the holy spirit doesn't even do that how sad to take his story away and just make it history instead of his story written on our hearts okay god is not like that god is the same he wants to move in our life it is his story it is his biography okay we 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 need to understand that and God wants us to continue. Then you'll know the truth. And then what happens? Then you will be set freedom. Freedom is the fruit of encountering and continuing. Freedom is the fruit of being impacted. Freedom is the fruit of what? Impartation and continuation. That's how freedom comes in your life, okay? There is a process of freedom where God interrupts our bondages and our dilemmas in our impacts and our traumas and brings freedom to us. They continued in the word. How did they continue? They did four things. Now here's an outline right here. Here's the four things that God wants us to do. What does he want? They continued in the apostles' doctrine. They continued in fellowship. They continued breaking bread, eating. We like that part, right? Where two or three are gathered, eat, right? Amen? I, I believe in that. Eating, eating is fellowship. You know, isn't it funny? I don't know about you, but I mean, I like to eat, but I don't like to eat alone. I never drive by a nice restaurant and say, I think I'd like to, I, I mean, I look for people. I'll pay for your meals so I don't have to eat alone. And I'm cheap, okay? Not really. But anyway, but there's just something about that, right? There, you know, in every culture, all over the world, food is fellowship. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about doing life together. He's talking about sharing life together amen so we can take the the basic needs of life and turn it into a discipleship tool we can take the basic needs of life and turn it into evangelism. let's have a meal together let's have a coffee together. let's get that, that speaks that's like hallelujah it's the same in every language so they continued together in fellowship they continued in the apostle's doctrine they continued in breaking bread and they continued in prayer so when you're under attack i'm going to tell you let me help you here there's four things the devil wants you to stop doing Listen, here, you know what I tell people? Listen, if you can't be spiritual, at least be stubborn. I mean, don't look at me in that tone of voice. Some of you are good at being stubborn. Some of you have the gift of stubbornness. Amen? I mean, just. I mean, honestly, sometimes you're just not feeling real sanctified, but if you know where the devil's pushing you, just put, Just. I'm not doing it. I'm not going there. I'm going to stay. I'm going to drag myself up. I'm going to stay in fellowship right? I'm going to stay connected. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to fellowship. I'm going to show up to, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm going to, we're going to break bread. I'm going to open the door of my house and my heart and we're going to eat together. Come on now. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep beseeching God. So they continued. There was a continuation. You know, there, that is the part of sanctification. That is the, the discipline that is not just a mental exercise, but something that's inspired by the Holy Spirit to bring us into a place where He can then bless us and make a blessing out of us to a greater degree. So they had impartation, then they had continuation. And it gets wilder from here. This is just the beginning. Look at verse 44 we'll start at 43 that's even better everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles and all the believers were together and had all things in common and they would sell their property and possessions and share them with all to the extent that anyone had need now listen this is not commanded anywhere in the bible Jesus didn't tell people they had to do that. The apostles never taught that. But they didn't need that. They were going beyond it. You know, when your heart gets touched, crazy things start happening. You know, one of the signs of salvation is you're generous. First of all, you're generous for forgiveness. You're generous to bless people. You're generous to help people. You're generous with your time. You're generous with your talent. You're generous with your treasure. Because you know what you realize? It's not yours. You are sold. You are bought. You've got a sold sticker on you. You belong to God. Everything that's yours is His. He bought the whole field. When He bought you, He bought everything. And He knew what He was getting and did it anyway. That's something we're celebrating, church. Amen? But they, they just went crazy generous. There was something in their heart that wanted to do something that was beyond their own circumstances. We had this guy in our church years ago. Well, he's still in the church. Many, many years, of the church I've had. He's been in the church 35 years now, I guess. And uh, he got born again, and he's. A, Chuck was in probably in his middle 40s, and, and he had a you know, pretty decent job and a good guy, just a great guy. And uh, so I noticed all this money he was giving, and I was curious, you know, I'm a curious guy. So I went to him, I said, Chuck, can I just ask you a question? He said, well, I said where's all this money coming from? You know, I wanted to get in on it. You know, I'm like, what's, what's going on here? He said, oh, he said, I, I figured out what I owed the Lord. I said, what are you talking about? He said, you know, all those years I wasn't saved, I added it all up, and so I'm paying my back tithe. I'd never heard of this. So, so I said to him, you know, I said, oh. I said, now, let me ask you a question. I said, have I said anything, done anything, taught anything, alluded to anything that w- would make you think you had to do that? He goes, oh, no, I just thought it was the most reasonable thing to do. The guy had a spreadsheet. He was thinking, I, mean, I mean, he had counted all the money. I mean, he was, he was excited to do it. I said, would you, would you mind sharing that with the rest of the church? <laughs> I said, man, this is an idea I never even thought of. Hallelujah. I, I, I felt like outdoled. I was like, man, why didn't I think of this? <laughs> that was good. I mean, what do you do with generous people? You can't control them. It just, it just happens. Crazy things begin to happen. Amen? You know, one of the, one of the things that I'm, I'm proudest of my children about is their generosity. That makes my heart jump. Hallelujah. You know, uh, uh, several of my kids go to the same church, and the pastor just says, I'm so glad they're here. <laughs> you know, one of the reasons is, you know what? They're, they're just generous. God is, the, you know, they, they understand it's not theirs. Are you with me? That, that's, a, that's a great testimony, and we had to enjoy it. Jesus says, Where are your treasures? Your heart is. And I'll just tell you something right now. Sometimes when God needs to move your heart, you know what he does? He messes with your treasure so just don't it's not yours anyway this was a generous people they they got outside the rules okay god imported another thinking and it caused caused people to be absolutely amazed so the third thing we see impartation we see continuation and now we see participation they were not spectators you know in 2 Corinthians 8, you know where the apostle Paul's writing letters to all the churches saying look we got a problem in Jerusalem and the church in Jerusalem needs some money the Macedonian church the the poorest group the ghetto of the Jewish culture this place that has been in civil war for most of a hundred year period and the only thing people wanted in Macedonia was to get out in this church, literally, in verse eight or chapter eight, Second Corinthians eight four says they were begging us, entreating us for the favor of giving money to the saints in Jerusalem. Now that's a testimony, amen. That's a testimony, hallelujah. Like what a privilege, what an opportunity. Can I just share this with you? This is important. P- people ask, pain like like." How do you stay in the fight? Like how have you stayed in ministry all these years? You know, ups and downs and goods and bads and and it's mostly been good. But listen, I'll tell you, the thing in our heart is this. We always treated ministry like it was a privilege, not a duty. When somebody asks you to serve before you say no, say, you know what? I just got invited to the king's party. Somebody just thought, right now that this human person could touch the divine that God could use me when somebody asks you to give don't be offended feel invited when someone asks you to share your time your talent your what a privilege what an honor to be involved in the work of God hallelujah my first assignment as a believer I wasn't even saved a year and the pastor came to me and said listen we've got some shut-in ladies that really want to come to church on Sunday night. There was a crew of older women whose husbands had been very influential. There was about six of them, or five of them actually. And they would all gone to be with the Lord, but they had been very foundational in planting that church years before. And he said, Would you mind taking the church van and uh picking those ladies up for church on Sunday night? And you know what I did? I went and I wept. I just wept. I said, God, I, to me, that was like you just asked me to preach to the United Nations. Are you with me? I mean, the fact that God would use me. And you know what? Those ladies became, and years later, when I became the pastor of that church, interesting, they're my little intercessor club. Many of them were still around. Hallelujah. God was good. Come on now. <laughs> I, mean, you do, I mean, treat it like it's a privilege. I, listen, how about this? discipleship is predicated on being inconvenienced. Did you know that? Jesus messed with the, the... Like the disciples were going like this and Jesus said like this. He kept doing this to them. Why? To teach them how to follow Him. You want to follow Jesus? He's probably not going where you're going. That's why you follow Him and He doesn't follow you. Okay? So Really? Yeah, this is the truth. I'm helping you here. Okay? So, So listen. Participation. Part- participation if you want to find your part get involved with people there's one thing that all of us have in common this morning you need to know this and there's other things but this one thing for sure everybody sitting in this room has in common this morning we all want to be a part of something God put that in us that's why this is a body and not a club All right, that's why this is a body, and the way you find yourself is by being connected. You know, when I was a, a, a younger guy before I got messed up in drugs, I was a pretty good baseball player. And I would play on different teams. And depending on that team is where I played, what served the team. I was a little bit versatile. I could play a couple positions. So whatever worked, but I found my place by joining. I didn't sit in the bleachers and say, well, they have a spot for me. I'll show up. No, I showed up so they could find a spot for me. Just show up. You know, when they're making an announcement about this or that, think, you know, say, that's Pastor Ron's talking to me. That's me he's talking to. That's me, I want to be a Sunday school teacher. That's me, I want to serve in the parking lot. That's me, I want to serve on the, that's me, I want to come to that prayer. He's talking to you, hallelujah. Find your part by participating. That's what this church did. They were all in. It wasn't the apostle show. It was the body of Christ. It was the Holy Spirit moving and knitting members together. They became an unstoppable force, not because they had a teaching, but because they had a manifestation of that teaching. Amen. Participation. God doesn't see you as a spectator. God's not waiting for you to get better. Did you know that? I mean, He might want you to get better. Probably does. I know He wants me to get better. But He's making me better by water flowing through me and cleansing me. Amen. When the stream of God flows through you, you're better. Hallelujah. That's how He works. That's how he works. Now, the last thing I see in this this snapshot here is verse 47. I want to just drive this home today here. Verse 47 is praising God and having favor with all the people. The Lord was adding to their number day by those who are being saved. So first we have importation. Then we have continuation. Now we have participation. And the last thing we have is multiplication. Now, listen, we're living in a very sober hour. Our culture is on a collision course with itself. The world is crazy. And there doesn't seem any apparent signs of sanity coming soon. And we need to take on the prophet's cloak as the church and prophesy to our civil authorities. Just like John the Baptist did. There's no doubt about that. But I'm going to give you the cure to the whole thing. I'm going to give you a biblical strategy right now that can flip this whole thing the way God wants it flipped. And here it is. Everybody win one. God's strategy is multiplication. This is not like some big hidden secret. This group of people, this motley crew you could even say, that Jesus left behind, filled with the Holy Spirit, literally caused governments to turn themselves upside down and pull their hair out. They could not be stopped. They could not be repelled. Every time they tried to squeeze them, they got out of the tube and went everywhere. Okay? Okay. They just made a mess of things as they went, and the Holy Spirit went with them. Signs following in Jesus' name. Multiplication is the end result of all this impact. God wants you to win one. God wants to put a compassion in us and get a a heart in us to understand that we have the secret of life. We have something that's been freely given, and we've got to begin to hold ourselves accountable for sharing our faith and winning one. Can you believe God to win one? We're going to pray in a minute i just want to tell you a little quick story so we had a young lady come to church her name was gail and gail had a rough life she had two little boys with her they were bouncing off the walls and uh, her husband was in jail he shot a man in an armed robbery very serious offense and uh gail came around a couple times she was pretty tough chick but after a little while, the Holy Ghost got a hold of her, and she had a radical conversion. I mean, she was all in. God touched her heart, you know. And she went to visit her husband in jail. His name was John. She went and saw him. She said, John, if you ever get out, or when you get out, when you come home, things are different. I'm living for the Lord now, and we're doing this. And by some, something that goes against my politics, he got out of jail. We shouldn't have got out of jail, honestly. Guys, I mean, technically, should have been in jail. <laughs> it offended my conservative value system. <laughs> but God somehow popped this guy out of jail. So Sunday morning, she wakes him up and says, "It's time to go to church." He says, "I'm going." She goes, "Oh, she goes, okay." When I come home, don't be here. Now I don't know if that's the greatest evangelism technique, but, <laughs> but, you know, he wanted somewhere to be, okay, and I think he wanted to be with her. So, he shows up to church with his arms folded. You know, that's not a challenge for the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you how the service ended. John was on the front, pulling the doily off our communion table (laughs) with all kind of stuff flying, crying out to God at the top of his lungs, Jesus, I want to be a disciple! Here's the end of the story john became the next pastor of that church after i got born again on the streets of pittsburgh through street preaching i was given my testimony at a church and these two guys that i went to high school with showed up Bill W and Randy Z, and I was Keith T. You know, you're, you're in school, you know, you're the end of the alphabet. You know? So we, got, we were stuck in homeroom together for the last three years, right? We were, and so I was around these guys. And so they came to the meeting, and then they started talking. And afterwards, I said, no, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. You guys were born again when we were in high school? And they go, yeah. And I said, you never told me about Jesus? Like, you never even met. I just thought you were weird. I didn't know, you know, I, just knew you weren't, I didn't know who you were. I didn't have eyes to see. My heart was darkened. And then, you know what they said to me with a straight face? They said to me, well, we just didn't think you'd be interested. Is there a harsher form of judgment that one man or one woman could give to another to exclude them from the grace of God? to look at their outward appearance or their life circumstances and deny them the offer of life eternal? I don't think so. I think that's the highest form of judgment known to man. Church, God wants us to multiply. He wants us to multiply. Stand up with you, with me if you would. And we're going to have some, some folks from the ministry team come in and they're going to stand with Penny and I this morning. We're going to pray for you. And we want to pray for anything going on in your life whatsoever today. But Penny and I particularly want to pray for an impartation this morning to stir up that soul-winning heart in you. If you want to win people, if you're one of those people be with me and say, you know, Pastor Keith, I'm in on the, I'm going to win one. I'm going to win, I'm not going to go away. I'm not going to be silent. I'm going to chase people down. I'm going to get my net out. I'm sharpening my gospel track shoes up. I'm going to chase some people down for Jesus. It's time to get serious. We're going to flip this culture. We're going to win our nation back in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And, and then they can make all the crazy rules they want and we're not going to obey them anyway. Okay, so anyway. <clears throat> uh, so, hun, come on up here with me. And uh, Pastor, Ron, I'm going to turn it over to you. And while you do that, we're gonna we're just gonna get ourselves ready to Amen. pray for folks. I'm
0: going to pray for us all as we wrap up. But if you, if you're here for, and you need ministry, come on down. Or if you want that anointing, again, just to go out and let's be, let's believe that this is a season of multiplication. There is a wind of the of heaven blowing, no doubt about it. Let's be a part of it. Amen. Uh, don't forget to if you're a lady in the house to go out uh, to the kiosk out there and get signed up for this women's conference. It's going to be really really good. But let me pray for you. And then the altars. Open. If you're new here today, we'd love to meet you, so come on down. Uh, I'd love to meet you personally all right before you leave. Father, thank you for the privilege of being here today and for the word that we just heard. And I love what Pastor Keith says about not just being Bible sniffers, but we want to eat it. We want it to become a part of our lives. We, we want you to transform us. And so, Lord, we leave here today with a willingness in our hearts to go love people use us this week i just ask you even as people come forward I, I believe that there's some of you here today maybe you're far from the lord you don't know him and we want to introduce you to him please don't leave come on forward uh, let somebody introduce you to christ this morning also in addition to the the, the message that keith had uh, and the, the specific area of ministry you might need prayer for healing or something else going on in your life please know that you're here on purpose today and that God wants to touch you and that he loves you very much. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you for today. Bless us as we go now. We love you. We honor you. We give you praise. It's in your name we pray and everybody said amen. All right, love you guys. Have a super day.